Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. So I, uh, I was looking at some of the draft grades that the Falcons gave that various publications gave the Falcons for B. John Robinson. Most of the grades I saw gave the Falcons a D, Craig, or something in that for the, realm. Really? And it's not necessarily the Bijan pick. It's for, well, here's the deal. Like, I'll read this from Pete Prisco at CBS Sports. Yeah, the Falcons a D for taking Bijan at eight. So this is way too high for a back, even if he is a really good player. Backs don't decide Super Bowls. I know Arthur Smith loves backs. But this is a deep draft of backs, and history isn't kind to this type of move. I don't like it because of position value. Good player, bad position. That Ooh, you don't like it, Pete. Okay. That, but that to me makes no sense. Oh, he's a good player, but it, stop looking at him like like if you if your plan is to just put Bijan Robinson behind center and hand him the ball twenty times, student body right, student body left. That's like taking a Ferrari and driving it 15 miles an hour down the road. Or a Lamborghini. Like, it's, well, I should, probably should have used that. Like, it's, it, it totally defeats the purpose of having him. He's not a conventional running back. Like, yes, you found, you've found value in other backs further down the draft. I get that. But if a franchise had to do it over, would you take Christian McCaffrey as high as you did? Absolutely. Yeah. Would you have taken, again, when he's healthy, would you have taken Saquon Barkley as high as you did? Sure. Yeah. So... I understand the devaluation of the running back position. Like it's, we've talked ad nauseum about this, but it's, I under my argument would be if I'm gonna if I'm gonna downgrade this pick, my argument would be that's a team with a lot of needs in other places. So maybe your running backs more of a, especially because you've got already got a thousand yard rusher with Tyler Algier. So maybe running back, even as a running back as versatile as Bijan, might be more of a luxury pick. But this signals to me. Craig, that Arthur Smith is going all in on Desmond Ritter. Like, I'm going to surround him with as much firepower as possible, and he's going to be our quarterback for the future. I heard heard, uh, this said last night that the Falcons last year led the National Football League in, was it rushing attempts per offensive possession? It was was a number like that. Mm -hmm. And it had a lot to do with Marcus Mariota, obviously. Yeah. But what it speaks to is what they're planning to do with their with their offense with Ritter, and now with Bijan as well. And, and Arthur Smith does love running backs. Yeah. He loves him some running backs. Yeah, and this is the also what what I look at annually, and this happens also with the NBA draft, less so with the major league draft. Although it should, in theory, be in more inexact science because you have high schoolers coming out, but. With regard to the NFL and the NBA draft, what you have is this convergence of people who really know an awful lot about college football but aren't necessarily as in tune with how it fits in the NFL and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Pete Prisco is a really good reporter, yeah. but I don't think he is is in touch and locked in on 
high uh, or college football players as much because he's looking at the NFL needs and the conventional wisdom of you don't take a running back that high. Other than that's the, why. other than the talking heads and the draft analysts who again for whatever reason whether they view it as a luxury pick or hey, you don't take a running back that high. Uh, whatever it is that have downgraded the pick. The only other people I've seen angry about this pick are the Georgia fans who are also Falcons fans. They're like, well, Jalen Carter was right there. Why didn't you take him? That's why. That's a hometown pick. Which you could have. You could have. And that that would have been a really good pick for the Falcons. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this is. But that has nothing to do with running back. Uh, whether the running back is good pick, that's that's hometown pick. That's are you taking? Are you taking? Why aren't you taking the Georgia kid? I just I, I'm I think once people see, hopefully, if Arthur Smith knows what he's doing, once people see how the Falcons use Bijan, they'll realize, okay, you didn't just draft an old school, you know, I formation downhill running back. You drafted Christian McCaffrey. You drafted like if you could do if you could do the 2017 draft over. You think Alvin Kamara would have gone a lot earlier than he did? Yeah, yeah he would have, hundred percent. So whether it's like eight or what would be the difference if the Falcons took him at eight or like traded back to? I don't think you could have traded back that far because once Bijan came off the board, I think the Eagles. To, to me, this signals that the Eagles had two players that they were like, we know they like Bijan and they right. like Jalen Carter. When Bijan went off the board, they probably felt like we got to go up and get our guy, or we're going to miss Jalen Carter. No doubt, they they were in position, and I think they made that move up that one spot from ten to nine with the express purpose of taking Bijan if he were available, and if not. Going to uh, Carter the, after. In other words, if the Falcons had moved lower than ten, yeah. they wouldn't have gotten Bijan. Nope. Because the Eagles were going to either take him. They would have sat there at ten and said, "Okay, if both of them were on the board, we're we're going to get one of one of our guys that we like." Yep. Yep. I think that's why we and, be, and it would have been happy with it. Th- th- this. Got pointed out several times. Somebody said it on the Specs text line. Bijan's mama was wearing an Eagles green dress. <laughs> wrong bird. Yeah. Uh, it uh, could have been. I they did move uh, forward on that, so it wasn't the Eagles' fault at that point. The Falcons went ahead and and did it. Right. So. Uh, but one thing I did want to point out, like, was I, and I'll, I'll compliment my colleague Alan True at Twenty Four Seven Sports because we have to do such things in this industry. Mm-hmm. How about your way too early mock first round for twenty twenty four? Three Longhorns going in the first round. In that way too, way too premature mock draft yeah, for 2024. Yeah. yeah, the old way too early stuff. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. and okay. JT Sanders. Okay. All three guys, they're all draft eligible next year. Cam, yeah. I saw that look. Cam, you just, you're just you not a big fan of the way too early stuff? It's been 17 years in between first-round picks for offensive players. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little cautious <laughs> then, there, Jeff. And then three offensive players in the first round next year. Here's a good point. Somebody said, imagine if the Chiefs saw a Texas Tech quarterback in 2017 and decided to pass on because of the school. Yeah. Then there's no Mahomes there. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with this whole system bit. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But um, I, I think this just shows when you when you look to me, take those draft projections like the mock stuff or however however you want to take it. It doesn't matter. The fact that Sark is has not only recruited, but they're starting to develop guys at premium positions that go in the first round, mm-hmm. quarterbacks, you know, wide receivers. Even, you know, we only saw one tight end go last night, but I think we can agree if JT Sanders has the kind of year we all think he's going to have and turns pro, he's going to be in that first round discussion next year. Uh, yeah, the fact that Sark is heavily invested on offense, I don't think it's going to be another 17 years between first round picks yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. But you know, the Longhorn who I think had the best night last night other than B. John Robinson? Say, it was Kelvin Banks. Yeah. It was Kelvin Banks because if you look at the pass rushers that went in the draft last night. <laughs> Kelvin Banks faced four of them. 
this past season. Will Anderson at Alabama, Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech, Will McDonald at Iowa State, mm-hmm. Felix Anaduke Uzoma at K-State. Would you, like to, would you like to know how many sacks Kelvin Banks gave up in those four games? Handful. Just a small handful, wasn't it? Zero. Wow, I was going to say three. No sacks, only four pressures yeah. in those four games. But yet, Felix Anyadike, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he's he's your Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. And if Felix Anyadike has Ozoma, Ozoma is ze- your... had zero pressures in the Texas game. Zero. But he's your Big Twelve. He had defensive no player of the year. no impact, <laughs> no impact rushing the passer. Now, if you start looking at Kelvin Banks, like you look at some PFF stuff, and I think the bowl game kind of showed that Roshan and Bijan did a lot to help out that offensive line sure, last year with the way they absolutely. maximized runs. The run blocking for Kelvin Banks, like the rest of the offensive line, it's got to improve. It needs to get better because there's a lot of there's a lot of his single game grades. When you look at run blocking, where it's like, okay, yeah, that probably needs to to go up a notch. But you look at his pass blocking grades from last year. He was, you know, and, and PFF considers anything right around a seventy to be average. He was a, a sixty nine or higher in terms of his single grade single game pl- pass blocking grades according to Pro Football Focus in all but four games last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in his best games, 83.2 against Iowa State, 83.1 against Kansas, 81.9 against Alabama, 81.6 against Washington, 81.5 against Oklahoma, 80.8 against Texas Tech. Some of the best edge rushers he faced last year were some of his best games as a pass blocker. So I think that just shows you. And here's the other thing to think about. Five offensive linemen went in the first round of the draft last night. Mm-hmm. You know what the first four linemen that went last night, what they all had in common? They were all 24-7 sports, five-star prospects coming out of high school. It just shows you, kind of my theory has always been, if you're going to recruit offensive tackles, you've either got to get them ready to go right out of the gate, or you've got to find you toolsy guys. Whatever your tools are, you want to take just a big hulking guy and think, okay, we can we can work with him, or you want to take a you know a Sam Cosme and, and say, hey, we'll bulk him up in two, three years from now, we'll have a really good player. It, it all becomes beauty in the eye of the beholder outside of that top group of tackles every year that you can plug and play right away. Kelvin Banks, I didn't think he would be as good as he was as early as he was, but he was ended up being a plug-and-play guy, and I think now you see him, given his success last year against some of these legitimate NFL-caliber edge rushers, that I think we can now see the trajectory going in a really good direction for Kelvin Banks. Uh, somebody said, okay, uh, Craig is a Cowboys fan. I'll make a sacrifice. I'll give you our second-round pick for Aaron Donald. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> even if you took out the part about the contract, which Jerry would never be able to you know, be able to deal with Aaron Donald's contract, but even if you took that out of there, uh, uh, no, that that pick wouldn't get made because it's, it's beyond not only uh, past uh, – what Aaron Donald has left in the tank. Uh, it's not that. It's now the pillar that he is in the community. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, the Texans proved you can, you know, let the pillar of the community get away too with J.J., you know. So yeah. it's it's happened. Uh, it's happened before. So You said pillar of the community. I'm like, Craig, making a Deshaun Watson joke. We got something. No, 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 no. Uh, no, I no. like this text that where you, you two said uh, Herman didn't crash Bijan's draft table with his P charts. Oh, yeah, the P chart. Yeah. Uh, Tom Herman's name did come up last night because uh, it was brought up on the flagship message board at Horns twenty four seven that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, along with Marvin Mims, were said to be uh, too small to play yep. at Texas, and that 
Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't do anything explosive enough to catch the uh, previous regime's eye. Yeah, that was a mistake. How you like that, Cam? Feeling feeling good about that right about now? It was a tough night last night for uh, Texas fans who saw a lot of Texas receivers who did not go to Texas and said they went to Ohio State or TCU and ended up Johnson. being another first-round draft pick. Yeah. But, but, hopefully, Jontae Cook and yeah, it's DeAndre Moore and the future. Xavier Worthy. I mean, just like next year's mock draft, the way too early, it's like, yeah, I mean, those are all probably, there's a highly chance of it, but also looking back at the past, the last 17 years, the last 10 years, the missed opportunities in recruiting yeah. and developing, it's just, it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. And man, we talk about offensive line being kind of a, a black hole, dude, wide receivers not much better. When you start yeah. looking, when you start looking at it over the long haul, it ain't much better. I'll, I'll say this because I know we got to get to the break here pretty soon. Uh, but you know, we look at those mock, those way too early mocks, and and the, this year's draft isn't even over yet. But you look at those, and you see Quinn Ewers getting first round projections. Chad asked me yesterday when I was on, when I was on with with he and Zay, he said if Quinn Ewers in the, is in the first round of next year's draft, what does that mean? I said if Quinn Ewers is in the first round of next year's draft, that probably means Texas won the Big Twelve. And I don't even want to mention the three three other letters, what that would mean as far as what their season would entail, but they'd probably be probably be playing for more than just a Big 12 title if Quinn Ewers is in the first round of next year's draft. Yeah, decent shot at that. And I think Xavier Worthy's in there too. I mean, if you're going to get there, you've got to have your number one receiver be way more consistent than he was last year. True. And maybe uh, with two good hands, he'll, he'll be that guy. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, hey – your comments and opinions are based on being homers. <laughs> you would not have the same opinion if this running back was from A&M or Texas Tech. Uh, th- you know what? It raises the larger question, would this running back have been as successful at Texas A&M or Texas Tech? And that's something we'll never know uh, off of that. What, what, what does it matter? <laughs> That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest <laughs> stuff that comes to the text line. Like, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, I think I think guys are really. Uh, there's oh god. You know what? I'm not even gonna. I don't have. It just hurts so much. <laughs> See right in this region here. You know. You know how that right around my temples. It just it hurts right there. <laughs> the guy he's talking about was drafted, deemed worthy as the eighth best player in this last year's draft. The position that most teams believe should not be taken in the first round. They think this guy is so good, he went number eight overall. But, yeah, we're all just being home. You had multiple draft analysts, and take the opinions for what they were, that said he might have been the best player in the draft regardless of position. (laughs) I guess it's okay. (laughs) No, it's not okay. No, it it is okay. Some people should think before they press in. Yeah, you know, but that's that's, uh, what this – listen – Think about what you have to deal with on that on that flagship message board. How many zeros you got expressing uninformed opinions on that? No, it's like somebody said, Jeff, don't get worked up. And I'm not worked up. I just think it's it's or it's just ridiculous. Said you'll get to mow your lawn soon and decompress. See, Hell there yes, you I go. Will. I'm not Before worked up though. I just set. think it's ridiculous. Like, oh, you guys are homers. In the same show, like somebody, I'll have somebody call me a homer, and I'll have somebody say, "Oh, you're being too hard on Sark." So I guess that means you're you're doing your job. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Or maybe again, some people should think before they press. In. Hey, it's Friday. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next. <laughs> Speaking of such things, I'm calm. Have... I'm perfectly calm right now. <laughs> Calmer than you are. Calmer right than now. you are. <laughs> <laughs> 